Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. morning millennials welcome back to the morning toast happy folklore friday friday gonna get down on friday it is a fabulous but rainy day here in new it york is. it's so gloomy behind us it looks like we're filming at night but we are filming the same time but as usual it's because god's crying at how beautiful taylor swift's new album is and i agree with him it, it is beautiful god that's Beautiful. He's setting the scene for the mood of the day of listening to folklore. Um, we hope everyone had a great day. We have a fabulous show planned for you guys. It's Friday. And you got any big weekend plans? I'm going to be listening to folklore. I have a lot of TV to watch. I have to read the book for the Redheads, My Dark Vanessa, if you haven't started it yet. It is never too late to join the Redheads. Did you Ever. know that? Because you could always start on this month's episode. That's so true. Or you could go all the way back. Mm. And catch up with us. Like, so we're true. always there waiting for you. Always. And if you're looking for a fun and educational thing to do during quarantine, the Redheads is that thing for you. Now, let me ask you. It's been, you know, a couple months since you started your passion project. And how's it going? I still am feeling deeply passionate about it. That's, by the way, that's so important. And, you know, quarantine was an interesting time for the Redheads mm -hmm. because we doubled up to two books a month. I remember. Then we scaled it back once things started to go back a little bit to normal. But we were recording over Zoom, which made it a lot more difficult but this month we are recording it together Fabulous. in the studio for the first time in months so I'm just so excited to see where the conversation goes I haven't started the book yet but I've heard a lot of different things about it I think it's a very intense book thanks Dana uh so I gotta I gotta get into it well I too have a lot to do this weekend you know I'm just so busy like so many plans people keep inviting me places and it's just it really is hard to be like this quarantine socialite but you know I'm making the best and, and doing the, the most that I can I will be home all weekend doing absolutely nothing I do have some tv to watch I need to watch our toast movie of the week which is Black Panther which we'll be recapping on Monday also I think the kissing booth comes out this weekend the sequel so I'm going to be watching that I'm going to finish the crown um I'm just looking forward to spending some real quality time with my bed even though I do that pretty much every day it's yeah. it hits different on the weekends it hits different on the weekends and sleeping in hits so different in quarantine like I just count down I live five days for the two that I can sleep in thousand I wake up five mornings for two yeah because there is literally nothing quite like waking up without an alarm waking up and like for a second you're like do I have to work and then it hits you that it's like Saturday and or you Sunday just flip back over on the other side of the bed take it out hopefully your husband already woke up and he's and is out in the of living the bed room. and you're just sprawled city it's it's incomparable to any real feeling in the world. Better better than my wedding day, honestly. Like, I work so hard and just, like, live my whole life for that moment, you know? A hundred percent. And everything that I do is to make that moment 
better, you know, take my worries away. So when I flip over, nothing's creeping into my mind and except that's, the smooth sounds of sleep. That's what life is all about, like those little moments, yeah. you know? And you do all the rest of it to make sure those little moments are as fabulous as they can be. So I'll be just like experiencing moments this weekend. Like that's what I'm <laughs> going to be really busy doing and I'm so thrilled about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled. And like if anything comes in the way of me, and that's really why I have such a complicated relationship with drinking mm, because yes. it fucks with my sleep but sleep is the most important thing to me but what complicates is it's that like you work so hard like let me celebrate with a bottle of wine they're so similar uh-huh they are constantly contradicting each other that is very true so that's why it's all you know it, it's like a science no it's it's really like a balance it's a balancing act for sure and you know they say that life is a balance so I guess that's what they were talking about yeah like drinking enough but you can still sleep through the night without your body de- being dehydrated and waking itself up. Yeah, like at 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you guys have figured out the trick to balancing, please let us know. Please let us know. We have a great show. T-H-E-O is here, and he chose to sit with his auntie today. So and hurtful. I, I know it's hurtful, but like you get him 100% of the time, so this is so special for me, so I just have like... I just have so much more love in my heart today. To give, yeah. You know? I feel that. And I'm, I'm looking forward to getting his thoughts on folklore folklore real housewives of new york and beverly hills we'll recap a little bit since you didn't get a chance to watch yesterday and is that it i guess so i guess we just get right in because i think the only thing we really want to talk about today is folklore so without further ado it is time for the fast five stories that you need to know yep you before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast and that's true one thousand percent you did you lie no Mm -mm. But I think maybe you forgot that today is Friday. And what we've been doing for the last couple Fridays is highlighting black-owned businesses. And I am so excited about today's because not only is it a black-owned business, it is a black toaster-owned business called August Onset. When newly engaged toaster Elena, congrats, congrats, and her fiance Sean found themselves cooped up quarantining at her parents' house, they quickly needed new activities to keep them occupied. They ended up looking into candle making for a fun and relaxing date night at home. They ordered supplies, opened the wine, and found themselves lost in creating scents and discovering the perfect combinations. After honing all the plenty toasty vibes, Elena's finished product quickly caught the attention of her family members with their warm, welcoming, and unique aromas. She started creating candles for her friends, extended family members, and members of her community receiving dozens of new requests as more and more people found out about her candles. Before they knew it, Elena and Sean were spending hours making batches of candles, sending them to anyone who asked and anyone who knew they needed a pick-me-up. Together, they created August Onset Assorted Candles, luxury candles at an affordable price. How many times have you been strolling the aisles of an overpriced store and or home goods, you know, no shade, but that is one of my favorite stores. <laughs> um, when the inviting scent of a delicious seasonal candle stops you in your tracks, you say to yourself, I need this candle, but then you look at the price only to be shocked and disappointed. Why is this candle expensive as fuck? You do try to justify it, but you end up putting it back down knowing that it's ridiculous and not worth it. August Onset, on the other hand, will not disappoint. They offer the perfect candle, chic, affordable, and convenient with scents that permeate the whole room without overpowering it. August Onset was created by a passionate toaster with the goal of giving you a little piece of your much-needed spa vacation without breaking the bank. August Onset knows that these times have been tough for everyone, offering relaxing aromas with calming effects to bring you and your family peace, joy, and positivity when you need it most. August Onset provides premium quality, handcrafted, homemade candles. Their hand-poured products are made with all-natural soy wax and infused with organic essential oils. Committed to delivering quality products that are crafted with care, August Onset promises white glove customer service with 24-hour email and phone support, ensuring that your shopping experience is seamless from checkout to delivery. They're sought after four signature scents, Spa Day, Fresh Cut Gardenia, Ocean Tide, and Brandy Pear are perfect for any occasion and offer something unique and special for everyone. Whether you're working remotely, living in close quarters with your in-laws, or just plain bored, we could all use a boost. If you're spending all of your time at home, why not make it smell great? That's why we love August Onset. They make quarantining a little bit more bearable, taking you away with their captivating scents and transporting you with their warm spa-like feel. Indulge in self-care or send a smile to a loved one with an August Onset candle, extravagance and warmth of a high-end candle without being overpriced. Jackie and I got all four candles. First of all, I'm really weird about candles. Um... These smell fantastic and they're sickeningly stunning, like matte black. They're just sick and 
You got to support toaster on businesses, you guys. You can find August Onset Assorted Scents on Instagram at August, like the month, Onset, O-N-S-E-T, and shop their products at AugustOnset.com. Again, that's www.AugustOnset.com. Luxury candles at an affordable price. Thank you, Elena and Sean. Thank Um, you. Everyone support. I'm so excited. I love that idea. Me too. Okay, I'm sorry. You were saying? First story. Folklore has dropped. What are our initial thoughts? Oh my God, there's so many. Like, I truly don't know what to say. Take it from the top and take your time. You're our resident stan and and we want to hear from you. So at midnight, I watched the Cardigan music video first. And I always find it really interesting, the songs that Taylor chooses to either like make music videos for or make singles, because I don't usually agree with the selection. And I do feel the same way about Cardigan. Um, it wasn't the song that like um, I was immediately drawn to on the album, but she has her ways and we'll figure out like what the, what the point was. The music video was sickeningly stunning and filled with metaphors. Like the piano just kept saving her life, which is like so Taylor, like the music saves her. And I was really impressed that they were able to put it together um, during quarantine be, and, and clearly so fast because it was like, mystically it was just visually stunning with the ocean and then the ferry and the piano bench like it was just beautiful um but I felt very anxious because I didn't know if I should listen to the album or watch a music video live on YouTube oh but but did you watch live with the other fans yes honestly it was annoying because every time I turned my phone to the side I kept getting people's comments and it was like flooding so fast and it was taking up half the screen that's so annoying you should have watched on your tv or oh totally or just my computer um but it was a really fabulous well done music video um and then I went into the album. And the first thing I noticed about the album, well, first of all, I could not find it on iTunes, but it was it's on iTunes this morning, but iTunes just took a long time. Interesting. Spotify, there's an explicit explicit version. She curses a lot. Really? Yes. Oh, because it opens with a curse. I'm on yeah, some new shit. Yeah, but then there was more. Like, I actually was like, it's kind of how, remember when we were recapping Lover and we were talking about Soon You'll Get Better and we were talking about the line, I pray to Jesus. And it's just like, I never thought I would hear Taylor Swift say Jesus. Like, I know she's catholic or christian but like i just never thought there would come a day where i heard taylor swift say jesus um and that's how i feel about like her cursing it just it feels so different but i don't dislike it i like it a lot what i noticed first was that the album was released as an alternative album like in the alternative genres which makes makes this the third genre she has conquered and i just think that's so impressive you know this whole thing is just so impressive to me like the genre the songwriting like i mean that's always been like her thing and like what she has in my opinion over other artists is her ability to like storytell and write songs about like things that might not even be about her like the last great american dynasty which i believe is about the couple who lived in her rhode island house before she bought it yes and I it's like i mean that's what it sounds like from the lyrics yeah and it's just like to me and i was like going so hard with ben last night like just being like you believe like she wrote a song about that he was like yeah it's great but to me like that is so impressive to be able to like storytell about something that has nothing to do with you is crazy yeah. Um, and another thing that stood out to me is that we have a full-blown country song on the album, and it's Betty. Like, there's, like, a banjo. Like, it's what we've been waiting for. I mean, I've been waiting for, like, a whole country album, but, you know, us country stands will take what we can get from Taylor Swift. There is, like, a full-blown country song, um, and it really sounds like her old-school, like, Tim McGraw vibes, and I'm just, like, living for it. When I first listen to an album, I have such a hard time, like, differentiating what song is which. Yeah, they are very similar. It's a similar aesthetic for all of them, but that's what makes a great album. Right. Um, some of the immediate standouts to me are Illicit Affairs, which is just so beautifully written. Even though I don't know if Taylor Swift has ever been in an affair, because that's so not her, but maybe she has. Who knows? Um, Illicit Affairs stands out. Betty stands out. The Last Great American Dynasty stands out. Um, Seven stands out. There's... I really don't know the album well enough to like make grand statements and I, and I don't want to do that. I just want to say that it's really beautiful and coming off of Lover, which was like so pop, so dancey, Ben was like, where's the fast songs? I'm like, this is an album, Ben. Like, pay attention, please. Yeah, no. It, he was frustrating me so much last night. Finally, he fell asleep. Um, but, and that was great. Like for Lover, like there was dance, pop, like it was so much. And now this is a total departure from that. This is very much like a massage playlist. Um, and I love that for her. I love slow songs, honestly. I, I like songs, slow songs just as much as I like fast songs. Yeah. And some vibes require slow music. Um, and I just, I think it's really, really beautiful. But I don't, I haven't spent, I've only listened to it one and a half times fully. Um, I haven't spent enough time to like make grand statements on it. But it's beautiful. 
Yes, it's beautiful. So is it what you expected or, no. or way different? Completely different. Really? Well, I didn't even know what to expect. I got no warning. Like, all day yesterday, I, I had no idea. It wasn't really what I expected, but I thought that you made a great observation yesterday saying that it would be a lot of Archer vibes because I agree, it was very archery. Like, it does, a lot of the songs feel like 80s, like ballads, which is you know always what, what I thought about Archer. When I was listening to August, which is one of my favorite songs, it was starting to remind me of, like, 90s music where it was, like, very, you know, whiny. Go on, yeah. go on. No, or it was, like... I will go down with yes. this ship. Yes, 100%. Like Alanis set almost. Well, so she has the same engineer or something as Lana Del Rey's Norman fucking Rockwell album. And I definitely... And Lana Del Rey is like the alternative artist, I believe. So there are definitely um, like nods of Lana Del Rey in there. And it's just a total departure from anything Taylor's ever done. It's not country. It's not pop. It's a whole different genre. And it's just... To me, like, it's just, the whole thing is, like, hi, I'm Taylor Swift, and, like, I put this album together in three seconds, and, like, here's why I'm impressive. Like, the whole thing is just very impressive to me, like, a total different genre, how fast it was done, the storytelling, like, the lyrics. To me, like, her and Casey Musgraves are the greatest lyricists of our time. Mm -hmm. In the way they tell stories and have the ability to, like, some, like, with some of the, the songs, I really felt like I was watching a movie. Like, I was picturing it all in my head, like, her in Rhode Island, or this random couple in Rhode Island. Like, it, it, she has an uncanny ability to, like, paint a picture with words, which is, unfortunately, not something I can do. But it's really a, a major talent. Yeah. I'm, I'm, like, three quarters of the way through the album. It's just an easy, enjoyable listen. Yes. But you know what? It's, like, as much as she's changing and it's now black and white and it's, you know, this whole new vibe and it's alternative, like, it's so tailored to me, you know? And I feel like I was expecting something completely different. Like, even her using more instruments or, like, synths that sound more like of the music that's being made today, like Lennon Stella vibes. Mm -hmm. But, no, it's just, it's her, you know? No, she, she can't help but be herself and that's why we love her and mm -hmm. that's why like her country albums her pop albums and her now alternative album all have the same like dna even though they sound and look completely different um but speaking of the instruments what i found to be so interesting was the broad range of instruments like reputation was very electric mm -hmm. e like made on a laptop and to me this was like made in a grassy field with a banjo there were, there were so many strings yeah, like, on her guitar you yeah know? it was and i cannot wait to hear some of these acoustic like it's, I, I just, I feel like I can't even speak on it. Like, I don't know her that well right now, you know? I need more time. Yeah, we knew you would need time, but we also love to get initial thoughts. The initial thoughts are that it's just, it's such a treat. It's a pleasure to listen to, and she's done it again. It's a treat, it's a pleasure to listen to, and she has done it again. So well said, Jackie. Great. Well, I'm happy for you in the big day that you have today and the weekend where you'll get to spend listening to it. A lot of people requested a snitch on the toe situation today, and we tried to get her. Unfortunately, she was she was too damn busy for us. She was up all night recording like YouTube reactions for her YouTube channel, which honestly I can't wait to see. She's just so cute. But she did tentatively say she she would come in on Monday to share oh. her thoughts. So we could all have another debrief Discussion. on Monday okay. with some of our more concrete thoughts after spending the time. I think that's fair. I think that's fair as well. Okay, next story. Ellen DeGeneres and Portia de Rossi's home was burglarized. Do you hear this? Um, no. The Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office is reporting that Ellen and Portia's Montecito home was burglarized on the 4th of July. Quote, high-value jewelry and watches were reportedly the items taken Ooh. from the home, which deputies said was targeted because of its status as a known home to celebrities. Right. Forensic technicians and detectives are apparently working the scene. The Santa Barbara, Barbara County Sheriff's Office also tells KEYT that they're coordinating with other law, law enforcement agencies to ascertain if the Montecito burglary may be connected to other celebrity break-ins in the area. Wow, a, a bling ring. Someone call Alexis Nyers. Yeah, so is this the home where she's been filming? I don't know. You know... Like, this kind of doesn't surprise me that, like, Ellen was targeted because she's been, like, being dragged in the media recently. And so many, so much of, like, the resentment people have for her is that, like, she tries to be relatable and she, like, lives in this palace in Montecito. And I've actually seen pictures of this house in Montecito um, being passed around on Twitter a lot recently. So it's, like, the home immediately became a target when, like, Ellen became, like, a joke in the media. Um, and nobody deserves to be burglarized. Burglary is wrong. And this is, it's so scary. Like, the feeling of someone being or having been in your home is my worst fucking nightmare. 
Yeah, for sure. But if this is the home she's been staying in, I guess if she wasn't there and it was burglarized, then she's not under house arrest, guys. Oh, very <laughs> good call. Montecito, California. Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. I do think that's the home that she was staying in. But there have been a reported string of celebrity homes in L.A. that have been hit, including Alanis Morissette. Wow, two times we said Alanis Morissette wow. on the show today. Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, Emmy Rossum, Jamie Presley, oh David God. Spade, and Christina Milian have been targeted by the thieves. Wow, someone is trying to like, get a Sofia Coppola movie made after them and trying to take over um, Alexis Nyer's uh, legacy. And it's not cool, guys. Burglary's not cool. No, this is not cool. Even if it's a famous person. Like, it's, it's not a victimless crime, you guys. Not at all. Okay, next story. Something that people have been talking a lot about. Um, didn't really care too much, but here we are. Larsa Pippen is oh. speaking out uh, mid her feud, rumored feud with Kim Kardashian. Larsa Pippen seemingly chimed in on rumors she and Kim Kardashian are besties no more. This week, fans noticed the KKW Beauty founder and her sisters, Courtney and Chloe, do not follow Larsa on Instagram. Anymore. In response to the social media scuttlebutt, Larsa posted a cryptic note alluding to her possible removal from Kim's inner circle. She wrote, quote, I woke up this morning blessed and see that everybody is focused on who I am following and who I am not following on social media. I'm focused on my children, my new fitness brand, Larsa Pippen Fitness, and my relationships in real life, praying that everybody finds peace in their own lives and focus on what brings them happiness. Okay, I feel like this isn't the first time I've read this story that Kim Kardashian unfollows Larsa Pippen. Oh, really? Yes, Uh, and a while back, people were like, Kim's not following Larsa. And I went to who Kim follows, and like she follows a very skeleton crew of people. But it was even at the same time when Larsa was on the show with them. I don't think there's much going on here other than Kim oh. is just like following her close family and like. I her totally disagree. Accounts. Oh, I totally disagree. I think there's something totally going on here. And I read something, I think, on E! News. Yeah, I read it too. Someone gave a statement just being basically being like, no blood, blood. They're just like in different stages in their life. Kim is focusing on all of her projects and getting her family healthy. And Lars is focusing on whatever it is that she does. Kim has been focusing on her various projects and her family for the last 10 years. No, that was definitely a lie, but I 100%. In their own ways, they both like weirdly addressed it. I definitely think there's something going on. I don't think because so. they were like ride or die. She was like really inner circle, like, and for a long time. And now that I think about it, like I haven't really seen anything about her. And someone noticed that they all unfollowed her. There's weirdness there. There is weirdness. Kim hasn't followed Larsa for a long time, and I know because I checked a while ago, and she wasn't following her, so she didn't just unfollow her. As far as I'm concerned, there's weirdness there. But I guess we'll we'll, we'll see if we'll she's see. on the next season of Keeping Up. Yeah. Because she was a resident. I think that she she's like a day one friend. I, and they keep those people close. I, I think there's nothing going on. Oh, I think there's something going on. Especially given the fact that like she is a day one friend. And I just think there's like... They both... Oh, and also Kanye tweeted just the tweet Larsa, Larsa. And then deleted it. There's something going on. 100%. I'm not really upset. She's not my favorite like Kardashian inner circle best friend. I could live without her. I actually really like her. The episode where it was like a showdown between her and Sarah. On, in Turks and Caicos. Oh my God. I was so team Larsa. I was team neither of them because I didn't relate to either of them. Like that girl Sarah was like a little too stuck up and Larsa was being like a little bit too much of an animal. I, I like I'm not an animal personally. So maybe that's why I can appreciate it in others. You know, no, I am an animal and I know my limits and Larsa totally crossed the line. I just like there's always one friend who's an animal and she deserves respect. Someone's got to do it. Yes, I, I agree. Someone has to be the animal, and but that is Larsa. When there's such, like, a timid and shy and, like, reserved girl in the group, like, you've got to, like, know your place and, like, read the room. I disagree. That girl was being so annoying. And of she course. needed, like... But she's, like, Courtney's friend, and, like, that's what Courtney is... That, honestly, that girl was a lot like Courtney. It was literally, like, Courtney versus Chloe. Larsa versus Sarah was Courtney versus Chloe. Yeah. That yeah. was a good episode. I miss TV, like... I know. I miss Kardashians. Me too. This season just, like, ripped in half. Mm -hmm. And now we're just, like, sitting here. Waiting. Okay, speaking of TV, Caroline Stanberry has debuted her new man on Instagram. You are obsessed with Caroline. I'm obsessed with her. When she was on Ladies of London, I was definitely, like, into her. But, like, I have... You know, the show has been canceled. I have moved past it. And I, I don't really turn around very often. And if I do, honestly, it's not to, like, check in on Caroline Stanberry's love life. I thought she was married. 
She was married. Her and her husband, Chem, have split, unfortunately. They but had now, a really cute marriage. But yesterday she posted on Instagram with her new man, who's a former pro soccer player. Oh. And he's really cute. And I just absolutely love her. I've been following her since Ladies of London. And she's just, like, still so relevant considering she's not on a television show. Yeah, because she, like, hangs out at Lindsay's Mykonos bar with Nicole she's Scherzinger. everywhere. She's also, like, in L.A. She's such good friends with Larsa. Is she? Yes. They're always in Dubai together. And then when she comes to L.A., when Caroline comes to LA, she's always with Larsa. So as our resident Caroline Stan, Barry, mm -hmm. um, is she living in Dubai or she lives back in London now? She's living in Dubai. Oh, so she must have liked it, even though she moved there for her husband's work. Yes, but I think because the whole family got situated there, right. she wasn't going to move them again. Yeah. And I think she really likes it because she's always doing fabulous things there. And she is, like, rich, like, European, and she that's, like, that's where she needs to be in Dubai. Yeah, but she's always traveling, you know? Yeah, no, you know. Here the, she is on a helicopter with her man. The world, oh, he's cute. I told you. The world is her home. Yeah, she's a citizen of the world. Truly, yeah. a global citizen. She's a lady of London, but a citizen of the world. Love that. That should be her Instagram bio. Totally. No, yeah. I just, I, I don't really keep up with her. Um, uh, From Ladies of London, who I weirdly do keep up with is Juliet. You do. Because she like really turned like that. She was like a weenie on the show. She was so not memorable. But she turned her little stint on reality TV into like a full-blown career in fashion. She's like a well-respected blogger in wherever she lives. And she like goes to a bunch of like Paris runway, uh, fashion week, London, Milan. And I think it's impressive. Honestly, the whole cast was so iconic. Like also Caprice, Caprice, who was in the news recently because she went on a date with Prince Andrew and she <gasps> sat on the iron, th on the iron throne, <laughs> on the throne. Naked. Remember? There was like, it came out. No, no, no. She just like sat on the throne oh. and she was like in the castle because she because went Prince Andrew was like trying to impress her. Yes. And then there's Marissa Hermer. Oh, yes, who we met and was who we so met nice. And she's so lovely. And then there's, you know. Um, there's the other Caroline with a D. Caroline Fleming. Fleming. Because she's from Denmark and she's royalty. So, like, always fabulous. And then there is the one. Hold on. Just give me one minute because when I say this, you're going to be triggered. Okay. Oh, well, by the way, then there's also um, Annabelle who passed oh, away yes. very tragically last year. That was crazy. Very, very tragically. Okay. Then there is also who? Wait, I need. I'm sorry. Sophie Stanberry. She she does like Bombay hair ads on Instagram. I don't know if things are going as well for her as they are for the other ladies, but I wish her well. Yeah, hold on. Who? I say, no, I, I know the woman's name, but when I say this one, <laughs> Mapperton. <laughs> oh God, Julie. <laughs> she was the wotiest wot ever. Earl of Sandwich. She was the worst. She was the worst. But you know what? Like as far as Bravo shows go, oh my God, I'm so glad you brought this up. Do you know what I watched yesterday? Hmm. NYC Prep. Okay. Jackie. Are you okay after it? It was actually traumatizing. <laughs> like, what a piece of shit it was. First of all, these kids are such losers. Oh, my God. Like, the way they talk. Like, yeah, I have money. Like, yeah, I have a credit card with no limit. Like, yeah. Uh, like, you could die from how cringy it was. And, like, none of them were really, like, cool or interesting. And, like, they just thought they were so cool. Like, I'm sure, like, it's the biggest regret of their lives individually going on that show because I did a lot of research. Like, where are they now? Almost all of them live very private lives. Like, they don't really, they're not, like, Instagram influencers. Like, they really, like, they all got married and just, like, I think that this is, like, a shit stain on the <laughs> underwear of their life. Well, I think when they joined the show, they thought that they were going to be the real-life Gossip Girl. They were going to be what Laguna Beach was to the show The O.C. They would be the Lauren Conrad of New York City. Well, th let me tell you why it could have never been that. None of them were actually cool. And two, they made this whole cringy like divide between private school and public school because one of the main cast members, Taylor, goes to public she school. She was cute. The cutest and so nice and so like normal. Except the way she spoke to her mom was just so painful. Um, but like she would be like, I mean, that's my ex-boyfriend from public school. And it's like really hard. It was it was really just like so painful to watch. Um but, oh, what I was saying is that, like, so with NYC Prep, like, they totally miscast that show. Like, none of those people were actually cool. I'm sorry, like, and I, and I stand by that. Some of them did have a lot of money, but that doesn't make you cool, like, at all. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in a lot of these types of shows, like, they really miscast, um, even in The Real Housewives of New York, like, none of them, if it weren't for the show, are really, like, well-known socialites 
or and I feel like in Ladies of London they like absolutely nailed it like every single person was more interesting than the next they all had so much money they all had the connections to royalty or the London social scene like they were all legitimately famous in London and I'm really surprised that show didn't work out I know well I think the reason why it didn't work out ultimately is because Caroline Stanberry was like the kingpin of the show and she moved out of London and they also ran her out of town because they were trying to take her down like they turned on her style and I'm sorry just like that she's she's not that like she's she was not so that. fabulous like she was on another level and they were like trying to call her out for acting better than them but it's like no no no, no. She's she just better. is better yeah no also like that first season where like she ran that fabulous like gift guide company and uh-huh. she had like that sickening office uh-huh. and then like her like country home she was really every and they, they were all really everything of the sort and they just got some even caprice who like i had never heard of she was famous like big time in london and i feel like the show was so perfectly cast and i'm like it makes me sad that it never got picked up fully mm-hmm. because it was like a blimp on the radar honestly I think it might be on Peacock it's worth watching if you've never seen it oh my god you guys it is so so good you're gonna fall in love with Caroline Stanberry follow her on Instagram and find out that she's got a new man in her life and she's super fabulous totally okay fifth and final story is a little entertainment biz news Hallmark Channel names its next CEO Hallmark Channel has found its next leader, former TV One chief Wanya Lucas, has been tapped to serve as president and CEO of Crown Media Family Networks, a subsidiary of Hallmark Cards, Inc. Lucas, who will begin her post on August 10th, will report to Hallmark Cards CEO Mike Perry. Lucas takes over the role previously held by Bill Abbott. He was the executive who was pushed out in January following a particularly fraught holiday season um, when they removed that commercial featuring a same-sex couple. That was so lame. Like, if you're going to Approve the commercial, just like approve it. it. That was just that was like the most poorly handled like media misfire in the history of television. Agreed. Lucas will be charged with accelerating and growing Hallmark TV's brand, its strategic direction, day-to-day management, and growth of its three linear networks: Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, and Hallmark Drama. I'm unfamiliar with Hallmark Drama. What the article fails to note is that she is a black woman, um, which I think will be fabulous because Hallmark movies are notoriously, you know, very narrow in their casting. It's always like you know, a small town little white girl. And I think that there's a real opportunity for growth here. And I think having a female black CEO is going to be great for Hallmark. I totally agree. She's also a huge fan of Hallmark. She said, Hallmark has been central to my life since I can remember, starting with those Hallmark Hall of Fame movies that were as enriching as they were entertaining. Oh, she sounds smart. She said, I mean, you know, a Hallmark stan is is a stan of mine. and Or I'm a stan of a Hallmark stan. Any Hallmark stan. I stan. Good. And so I'm so excited to see what she does with Hallmark. You know, there's always room to grow. And always. I think I, there's a lot of legitimate criticism surrounding the Hallmark Channel. And so I look forward to a different sort of countdown to Christmas this year. Have you been watching any Christmas in July movies? You know what? I turned one on the other night, but it was Candace Cameron Bray. Mm. And I just do not subscribe. Like, Same. there's no, I have no tangible problem with her it's just like she doesn't get me in the Christmas spirit I agree um so I I didn't continue on yeah um I don't know if I even get the Hallmark Channel I've literally I only watch it when I'm like on vacation with you yeah so I don't get the Hallmark Channel on YouTube TV but I have all of the different apps the Hallmark you know um the Hallmark Channel then you have the home like the movie movie subscription yeah and then they have this app that has all these different Hallmark movies um not always the ones that I that I want to see but I make it work you do make it work. Who was that um, Hallmark star we interviewed on the red carpet CMA with the red hair? Show it. She was. She's a star. She's a classic. Yeah. Hallmark. Who's your like? Okay, so if you turn on a Hallmark movie and you see Candace Cameron Bure, like I you're out. Up, yeah. Um, if you turn, who do I stick around for? Yeah, or like who? Who else do you turn off? Oh, who else? Do I, you know, Gretchen I, Wieners. Would you? Keep, I love Gretchen okay. Wieners. I really don't like any of the Full House people. I know that they sometimes have like Stephanie and DJ, and they're they used all, to have Lori. Oh, they used to have Lori. And they're all part of the Hallmark family. I am not into them. I guess I'm just like not so into Full House. I'm not either. And I'm definitely not into Fuller House. Yeah, no, I'm out on that. But I would say the people that I really like are Gretchen Wieners, Jessica Loundis. She's from, she was oh, on she's 90210. From she's, she's sickeningly, stunningly beautiful. Sickeningly, stunningly beautiful. She's been in a few uh, really good ones. Oh my God, when I was at Hallmark to do their podcast 
they, I had said, I don't know, on my stories or on the show once that like I was trying to watch Becca Tobin's Hallmark movies mm-hmm. and they gave me two flash drives with all of her movies on them and I haven't watched them That's yet. That's so nice. I know. She's perfect for it, I by know. the way. I know, and like I need to watch the Becca Tobin movies. And when we were on their podcast, Lady Gang, or they were on ours, we like asked her what it was like and she said like it is the last like network you can do a movie for that treats you like a megastar, like the trailer. She said it is like you're so well taken care of and it's like glamorous old Hollywood which you just love to hear that they really take care of their um talent definitely it makes you just stand even harder and so I'm just I'm looking forward to countdown to Christmas I haven't been participating in Christmas in July but you never know. It's never too late. I know that it's like kind of early, but I'm really excited for the holiday season. I'm one of those people who like lives for the holiday season when the holiday season, like after Christmas and like a little after New Year's, like I do get like in a little bit of a slump. Like I just, yeah. I love like Christmas in New York. I love all like the aesthetic. I love Christmas trees. Like I really do love the traditions and like the cultural traditions of Christmas. Cause like obviously we're Jewish. Um, and I'm excited. Like I know that it's, it's already August. So like we have, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and then we're there. Yeah, it's exciting. And we've been in a slump all year. So I don't, I'm not, I don't fear the post-Christmas slump. Right, no. And it, like, if there's one time of year where I wouldn't mind being quarantined, it would be like a snowy Christmas with like eggnog and a tree. Right. Just something to think about. Okay. It's going to be a great, anyways, it's going to be a great Hallmark season. Yes, thanks to their new CEO. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's dive into the TV recap segment, um, which is brought to you by our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash morningtoast. If you are looking for more episodes from us because Monday through Friday is just not enough, you can pay $7.99 on our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash morningtoast, and that $8 a month will get you five extra episodes. Jackie and I record videos on there, vlogs, and we do regular podcast episodes. We take your requests for episodes. Um, If you sign up now, you can get access to all the episodes we've ever done on there. So it's like over 200 episodes. So it's really a great price, especially for the first month. Um, And then you also get access to the Facebook group associated with it, which is our current only active Facebook group. Um, It's the Toast After Dark, and it's such a fabulous Facebook group. I highly recommend it. So patreon.com slash morningtoast. Thank you, Patreon for sponsoring this segment. Yes. Okay, should we just recap Beverly Hills quickly before yes. New York? Yes. Just tell me what your thoughts were. So, my thoughts were very similar to yours. I thought it was a great episode. One of my favorite moments was when Garcelle and Sutton went to dinner and, you know, Sutton started off extremely weak and mm-hmm. and and strange and she's just become just a great asset. Uh, it would be nice if she were a main cast member so we could see more of her personal life. Like, we've never really seen the inside of her house. but that's Or her boyfriend. Like, he just shows up places. Yeah, we don't know that much about her, but it's because I think Bravo's telling us, like, don't get invested in this woman. Like, she's not going to be sticking mm-hmm. around because, like, her husband didn't sign the paperwork. Right. Uh, so that's a bummer, but I just, I loved the conversation between her and Garcelle. Yeah, but what did you think about Garcelle asking her, how much money do you have, where'd you get your money? Like, I, I'm very... Um, I'm like Garcelle, like I'm not afraid to ask questions, but like I don't think I would ever ask someone that. It was weird. Like, I understood what she was saying. She's not asking like how much money do you have. It's it's sort of like she could have asked a million roundabout questions to arrive at that at, at that answer. Like, is just where's your your or source she, of income? That's kind of like asking someone, what do you do for work? You also like literally could have googled it. Like that's how we found out what Sutton does for a living. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I, 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 it was weird. It, I, I mean. But that's also true friendship, like just being able to ask real questions. I didn't think it was, you know, it wasn't like asking about money in the way that you, that's like the worst kind of way to ask about it. She was just asking as a friend, like, listen, I want to be your friend. Just what, tell me your deal. No, I totally disagree. I thought it was so weird. Oh, I like, it didn't bother me. Did you find like the setup for Brandy to walk into Kyle's house to be so staged and weird? I did. I did. And I wonder who put it all together you know if it was kim talking to kyle saying brandy has something that she needs to share with the group if it was producers who figured it out i would like to know um and i also would like for them to stop pretending like these things are happening naturally just be honest with us like if just if Kyle heard from Kim that Brandy has something to say that affects the group. Like, just say that. Thousand percent. You know, like, like we're, we're all adults here. Agree. We are all adults here. We can here. handle the truth. But didn't, did you get, like, a little choked up with, with Brandy? Like, I really never saw her be, like, so raw and, like, open. Yeah, I really felt for her. But then also, you said that Teddy was, like, what, the worst person she could have told because she just, like, didn't have her And right her mouth reaction. was, like, a gap. But I also felt like now Teddy is in charge of relaying this information yes. to the rest of the group. And I already see how she's botching it. Oh, yeah. Even in the way, like, she was telling Lisa Reyna, like, the second they got, like, wait till you get to the hotel. Yeah. And also, like, the story isn't necessarily about the fact that 
Brandy and Denise hooked up, you know, because that that's their personal business. Mm -hmm. It's the way that Denise like made like kind of lied to Brandy and said that it's about the made relationship between uh, between Denise and Aaron. And is it open or is it not? If it's not, then Denise cheated. It's not so much like they hooked up. You know, it's the she made like it's the surrounding circumstances that just speak to the fact that maybe Denise isn't who they think she is. Right. Um, do you think that Brandy was lying when she relayed all the information that Denise, like all the shit Denise allegedly talked about the women? Like she's trying to get out of her dad's shadow. Erica's a cold hearted bitch. Like, do you think that stuff was real? I do think it was real because her saying that about Teddy, like what's, where's the lie? Um, her saying that, and I think she said that about Rinna after their latest conversation and after she realized Rinna is not a friend to her. No, she's not. So yeah, I don't like Lisa Rinna. That seems, I don't know what the crime is there. And then it did make me sad that she had that to say about Erica. Me too. But maybe even that could have been just sort of like a, a miscommunication where she's just like, well, Erica's cold, you know, and, and it goes from being cold to cold hearted bitch. Yeah. I, I just don't see what Brandy would get out of lying about any of this. So I really do believe everything she said. Me too, but then there is also, you know, there. it's not even that I think she might be lying, but from Denise's point of view, things might be different, which is why it's worth, you know, hearing her just because Brandy said one thing, that's her perception of everything. And, and that's her, like, her perception of the things that Denise said about the other women. And if you, if you were to ask Denise and she were to explain it, like, it wouldn't be so harsh perhaps so i'm um, the jury's still out for me and denise on watch what happens live um ted uh, not teddy dorit was on and andy said lisa rinna tweeted that the reunion was bullshit do you agree and dorit said no so i feel like lisa rinna might like get it a little bit at the reunion for something interesting from what i understood it was rinna was pissed because i guess they can't really talk about the denise stuff or they can't talk about something so it's bullshit if we're gonna have a reunion and not and not mention at all i feel that hardcore but if dorit didn't feel that way but also we know that dorit is a denise stan stan apologist and might be feeling like no this isn't appropriate for us to talk about that way like therefore it's not bullshit right you know I actually like that Dorit um seems to like really be staying in the middle of it all while also being supportive of Denise and like making Denise feel like she's not 100% isolated from the group yeah so it was a good episode right it no it, it was a really good episode definitely makes you think definitely sets it up for a great trip trip and yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see how Denise figures it out but like what they were trying to the overarching argument is like Denise is not who she says she is. She pretends to be one person on the show when she is like a whole other person in real life. And I just, I don't think it's that simple, you know? Me neither. And, and I don't think if that was were true, like that's the craziest thing ever. Like, And she, the person that Denise was last season, like she was so laid back, so casual, like she really didn't care. I liked that about her a lot. And I don't think that she was putting on. Now they're trying to make this divide between like, she, you know, was covering up for last season where she was like so open and now she wants to seem more, you know, conservative and talk about the children. And I just, I don't see it that way. She was super open when the kids weren't around. Now the kids are around, so we got to just tamper it down. But you know who is doing that? Like, using this season of the show to, like, change their image is Ramona Singer. I really saw such a parallel in the two episodes, the one from last night and then the episode of Beverly Hills because Ramona has decided I'm transitioning to New York now Ramona has decided that she no longer wants to be like this trash drunk um like what the really what the show has been for the last few seasons like messy older women being messy and she has now decided like she's going to elevate it but she didn't tell anyone of her plans and she is like really um being annoying about it yeah, okay. I feel like people are not going to like what I have to say about last night's episode of Real Housewives of New York because as much as like Ramona is, as much as I personally would do what Leah was doing at her party and dance and, you know, Ramona was being dramatic, like the way that the women were talking about her the day of her party, like leading up yes. to her party, like why are you going to celebrate this woman? And the fact that when you look at it and everybody dressed, came in the dress code for Ramona and the women just completely yes. ignored it. They have absolutely no respect for her. It's like, why are you there? And I feel like for Ramona, it's like, listen, you girls are my coworkers. You were my like 
trashy coworkers, and you're not my real friends. And I understood now why last year she didn't invite any of the girls. She oh, did not want that mess. Of course. And I totally agree. I think like Dorinda, Luann, and Sonia sitting in the corner of the party being like, she didn't wish me a happy birthday on Instagram. And this party's not even for me. Two-year-old, they're so wrong. If Ramona wants to throw herself a lavish birthday party, she has every right to do so, even though the party ended up looking so trashy, like all the red, it was so terrible. Um, them literally like stewing in the corner about the Instagram post and the Larry Scott get over it. And the fact that like Ramona threw herself a birthday party and didn't pay for it for Sonia too. That is so unreasonable. And I agree. Like they were acting like animals at the party. They were acting like animals. And I'm not talking about the Leah dancing parties. Everything before that, the day of like they're in Dorinda's kitchen, just talking shit about Ramona. And then it's like, you wonder why she doesn't want you around who she, who she considers to be her real friends. Like what, what's the big mystery there? A hundred percent. I totally agree. And, and like even when she came over with the purse and they're like that purse is they're just so fucking rude and it's like okay maybe the purse is ugly maybe Ramona is annoying I thought but the like, purse was pretty have some I, I thought the purse was fine too have some decency like you're still in a public event like no they have no self-awareness no self-awareness and then when Sonia is like stepping on the on the glass mirrored thing like you're proving you're proving Ramona to be right. Right. And that's exactly what Leah was saying on Watch Rabbit. Watch Rabbit's Live was so weird last night because they had... I watched the first five minutes and I could see what was going on. The comedian, Michelle Buteau, who's very funny, but who obviously, like... I just don't think, like, she likes Leah. And she wasn't... She wasn't on Leah's side. No, for anything. And she, like, kept, like, contradicting Leah and, like, um, call, like almost calling her out. It was, And I think Leah, like, wasn't expecting it because the first time she did it, like, Leah was very caught off guard. But it's obvious that Michelle is like a huge Housewives fan and has like knows all the, the history, knows all the knowledge and really forms strong opinions on it. And she wasn't on Leah's side at all. Yeah. And I think also for Leah, it feels like she's on Watch What Happens Live every week. And every she, week. I don't think anyone in quarantine has been on Watch What Happens Live at home more than Leah. Agreed. And I think her, the response to Leah from the show has been completely overwhelmingly positive. positive. Like I don't know of any housewife who has made such a good first impression on the fellow housewives and the fans. Agreed. And I think this was really the first time where someone told Leah like they didn't agree with her and she was so not expecting She was it. just taken aback. Because every week she comes on Watch What Happens Live and like, Leah, we love you, so fabulous, blah, blah, blah. And for someone to be like, actually, like it's Ramona's party, it's Ramona's rules. Right. Well, she didn't really know what to do. What I felt bad for Leah was that like she's new into this group and as far as she knows, like these are just a bunch of animals who literally get wasted, fall off of chairs in the Berkshires and just do crazy things. So I don't know if Leah was really made aware that like this party had to be very different and I think that like she just tries to get along with the group and she follows the lead of the group and the group is like a bunch of drunken messes like running around New York and so that's what she was doing and while I the dancing was definitely like a little inappropriate Ramona like being like cut the cameras I'm quitting she's so dramatic yeah and it's like it's a birthday party and your your real friends know they see the show it's on TV like they know that you guys are a bunch of messy messers and it's not really like a secret but Ramona trying to just like immediately rebrand herself in two seconds like that's not how a rebrand works yeah no it's not but okay so maybe that's what she was trying to do last season which is why she didn't have the women at her birthday party that was, and then and she, she shouldn't have had them she this got year. her ass handed to her because of that clip and now you know what I understand why she said because if Sonia came that would mean cameras are coming yep and and she doesn't want to be this person all of the time so this year she invited the girls and I think in her way that I don't approve of when she was like doing the tour with Leah and she's like you need to protect me like I was like cringe who yeah. cares but what she was trying to she was trying to make that distinction I agree and it completely backfired and, and it like fell flat and nobody see the thing with the Ramona is like she's a near perfect reality star but what is ruining her and and has been a problem for her throughout the years is that she like lives two lives and she has these 50 girlfriends who are all like very wealthy upper east side women and they would never go on housewives and they don't necessarily like approve of the housewives and so ramona time after time every season especially around her birthday tries to keep those two worlds separate and they're hard to keep separate because dorinda knows a lot of the women uh, Sonia knows a lot of the women and Sonia just like crying all night that she introduced these women to Ramona is so annoying. Sonia was really annoying me last night. She was yeah. acting like a beast. Also, I wanted to mention this. When Dorinda was like being there for Sonia, it proves one like so much everything that we've been saying about Dorinda this season. Like when someone is doing well, Dorinda just like 
has it out for them. Yep. But uh, like she's so sweet to Sonia because like Sonia is clearly struggling. So like when Tin with Tinsley, with Luann, like when anytime that Luann is doing well and, and not shy about it, she completely goes for the jugular with Luann. But mm -hmm. because Sonia is in such a fragile state and, and Dorinda like literally gets off on Sonia like sharing her despair with her. Oh, and she draws it out of her like even when Sonia I feel like they were making it a much bigger deal like Sonia getting kicked out of a bar is not the craziest no, thing the way that these women behave they're always in like a home or a private setting but all of their behavior is worthy drunk, is worthy like Leah with the torches and the swimming and the Berkshires and the throwing like they're always worthy of being kicked it's probably the first time she was just in a public place doing what she always does thousand percent and I feel like Dorinda was trying so hard to make it seem like Sonia's going through something I don't think she's really going through she has anything. a leak in the basement yeah no it's just like Dorinda likes to be in charge and so if that makes Sonia feel small being like what are you going through and talking to all the women about it before I didn't think there was really anything going on with Sonia I wasn't that surprised that she got kicked out of a bar no I didn't think there was much going on with Sonia other than the usual stressors of life the and townhouse. owning a townhouse and having to do all the things that she needs to do about it but that's not like, that's a situational issue. Agreed. You know, I, I think Dorinda's, like, looking for, you know, a bigger issue because that's what she likes. She mm -hmm. likes to see other people down so she can, like, feel bigger. So she can I, pick that's them up and, like, be maternal. And then when someone is big and doing well, she has to attack them. She's really one of my least favorites. I, I go, so, I swing so back and forth with her because sometimes she's, like, so funny and so, like, nails it and it's on the right side of history. But most of the time, she's an animal who, like, literally says the most below-the-belt mean things to people. And I really never agree with her decision-making. Yeah, me either. And she finds a way to make people feel bad for Ramona. Like, yes, the, 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 toast. the toast at Halloween. It's like, Ramona needs no help you know None. she is like says like she is just so outlandish and she and she holds her own and but to ever it is a true skill to make someone feel bad for Ramona agreed and you know what I I, I agree with a lot of what you said I'm not like completely turned on Ramona, Ramona like all the other no. women are and when they go to Mexico next week I think it escalates because really the only big fight right now is literally the world versus Ramona and I don't agree with that I don't agree with I think that Sonia acted very very poorly at the party and Ramona had every right to be upset. I do think she took it out on Leah, which she shouldn't which have. Which she shouldn't have. But how, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't, it's not so cut and dry. I'm not team everyone or team Ramona. I, a part of me did feel bad for Ramona. She worked so hard to make this like a nice event. Like there wasn't even a dance floor. It was a like a dinner. So she, she had made very intentional decisions for it not to turn into like a rowdy mess. And it obviously ended up. Yeah, I... It's like I see what, what the women say about Ramona. Like I see how she is all of those things. But then they make it worse. And you yeah. find yourself in a place where it's like, listen, Ramona's still a person. This is her fucking birthday party. Like Behave. Yeah. Agreed. So, but I thought it was a great episode, actually. And I cannot wait. I love when the New York women go to Mexico. It is just everything of the sort. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. We have two cast trips next week. Like, that's Oh, yeah, awesome. Rome and... Mexico Cancun. so um, oh my god I wish, wish, wish I was in Mexico oh my god um it was a good bravo week and a good week here at the toast anything else you want to say before we wrap up for Friday no we shall see you on Monday thank you guys so much for listening to the morning toast the millennium morning show we post videos on YouTube Monday through Friday and our videos are also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found Spotify iTunes Stitcher Public Radio iHeartRadio CastBox all the places my comedy special is still available if you go to the Instagram story highlight on girl with no job there's a story highlight called disgraced queen and you can find all the links there to places you could buy rent and stream my comedy album and my comedy special i appreciate all the support thus far and i hope you guys are enjoying the content as much as i've been enjoying the content of you watching the content um that's all she wrote thank you guys so much have a fabulous weekend we'll see you on monday goodbye goodbye